Welcome to episode 51 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, episode 51. You're now tuned in. That's what We're I got. here. We're here. We're here. We are here and we have Another got, week. We've got cold weather on the way, Matt. It's getting here. I mean, we thought it was going to be here faster. Then it warmed up a little. Then it got colder again. Then it warmed up a little. Now it looks like we're going to get some consistent cold weather. It is crazy, like... I mean, it was well over a month ago that it was like, ooh, ooh, right. you know, ooh, wow, this is getting close. Oiler, I mean, we're closing in that Oiler's already been fishing for yeah, part near two months. Rubbing it in all the time. Yeah, dirty dog. Showing us big fish pictures. Big bullheads. Yeah, those are a couple of dandies. Yeah, nice bullheads, those, Oiler. <laughs> those Black Hills Horn Trout. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, uh, St. Paul Ice Show is officially behind us, and uh, yeah, we've got the cold weather coming down the pipe, so we are going to talk ice fishing today with Matt Klug of MK Fishing Guide Service. Uh, he does something a little bit different than what a lot of people do. Yeah, he doesn't just have one specific lake that he just stays on the whole time. He kind of hits out to a lot of different areas. So And catfish. And catfish. That fish addictions video was way cool. That was that was neat. You don't see something like that every day, so it's always kind of cool when people target like um, species you wouldn't think so. Right. So, out of the water. So Yeah, well, with that, we're going to get over to him. Hey, Matt, you there, man? I'm here. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Matt, you uh, you guide, uh, you have your own guide service, MK Guide Service. Um, but before we get into the fishing, uh, we got a couple non-fishing questions that we'd like to ask you. Uh, okay. I'll start off, uh, what was the last concert you went to? Oh, boy. <laughs> I could not tell you what concert I went to last. It was probably in 2007 at fort benning georgia and i don't even remember who it was oh you a military man i am i served in the national guard for 10 years awesome well, thank you for your service yeah we appreciate, appreciate it. it thank you all right next one then i guess since you can't remember which concert it was um cake or pie pie all pie. day uh, pie all day all right what kind of pie Oh, well, you know, I'd have to go with lemon meringue probably. Ooh, all right. That's kind of a wild card there. Yeah, I was I was expecting <laughs> an apple, but... <laughs> nope, not apple. Okay. Well, all right. Uh, Matt, uh, why don't you start off by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, Sock Rapids, actually. Uh, nobody knows where Sock Rapids is, so I just say St. Cloud. <laughs> I've heard of that. <laughs> yep. Um... Well, how did, how did you get introduced into fishing? So I've been fishing, well, as far, as long as I can remember, I'd say the first time on the ice, I was probably around three. My grandpa and my dad got me into fishing, but my grandpa was really the the driving force because every, every empty or open day I had growing up, I spent out at my grandpa's place. And if I wasn't cutting lawn, we were fishing. And if we weren't fishing, we were cutting lawn. And did you grow up up in Sock? rapids then or um i grew up in st joe which is just right west there of yep. Cloud. yep exactly so same area uh, my grandpa lived 35 miles northwest of here so uh basically grew up fishing around here all right so yeah all those lakes up there kind of cool i've been up to st cloud quite a few times my wife runs runs the lake wobegon marathon every spring so i know the area okay. a little bit right on now mk fishing guide service uh how long have you been doing that so this is going to be my 
I guess officially my third season, but only my second ice season. Um, you know, a few years ago, I just decided I'm, I'm taking people out fishing anyways. Why not uh, try to make this into a business? Because I, I absolutely love taking people out fishing and educating. Educating is the biggest thing I enjoy. All right. Uh, what, what are some of the lakes that you uh, do your guiding on? So primarily, I would say uh, Mille Lacs is probably my number one. Uh, it's only an hour from home, and obviously Mille Lacs gets a lot of publicity, and, and who doesn't like going and catching 23 to 28-inch walleyes all day long? Yeah, that wouldn't suck. Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't <laughs> suck at all. Um, otherwise, the Alexandria area a lot. I fish Lake Osakis a lot. Um, I do a lot of panfish out in the Osakis area. But right otherwise, con I, I kind of move all over. I'm not a... I don't want to say I necessarily chase the bite, but uh, it depends on the species folks want, and it depends on, I guess, where the bite's good, because I like to catch fish. I don't like to grind all day if I don't have to. Right. So then when people get a hold of you to go on a guide trip, um, do you, like, suggest which lakes you should go to, or do people kind of call and, like, want to say, okay, can you guide us on this lake, or how does that work? I would say probably 80% of them um, – they basically just say, hey, we want to catch this species. Um, and then my first question is whether they want to keep fish or not, I guess. And then I suggest a lake. Some people call and uh, say, hey, I, I got a cabin on this lake. I we're, We've been struggling to catch fish the last few years. Just wondering if you'd come out and, you know, give us some tips, some pointers, um, just to get a fresh set of eyes. And, you know, so I'll, I'll go and fish lakes I've never fished before. I just, I make sure people understand that. But uh, those are actually some of my, my favorite trips because you get to go learn a new body of water and break it down with the client and kind of, you know, teach them different tactics and what to look for and why to fish here versus there. Um, right. So, I, yeah. No. I'm very versatile. Now, speaking of that, what are some of the things that you look for when you get to a, a new body of water? Well, it really depends on the species, but honestly, if I go to any small lake, if if you find the steepest break on the lake, I can guarantee you there's something there. It may not be the species you want, but there's always fish by those steep breaks, especially on uh, a smaller body of water. You know, you, you find a lot of lakes that are just basins. There's There's really not much for structure. Go find the steepest break, and, and you're going to find something, whether it's panfish, walleyes, pike, bass. Um, but I, I guess it really depends. But obviously, the the real obvious structure, the points, the inside turns, uh, weed flats, deep cabbage, deep coontail, um, you know, and, and obviously that stuff I rely on my electronics to, to find. Right. Now, you, but, talk, you talk about being, like, versatile and being able to adapt to all that stuff. Uh, you shot a fishing show with uh, Fish Addictions TV, didn't you, where you guys targeted catfish? Correct. Yep. Through the ice. Yes. Yeah, yes, that, I... that's, that's kind of neat to, you know, not many people think of catfish when you think of ice fishing. No, uh, it's it's an absolute hoot. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's something I've been doing for probably about, oh, 12 years. We started doing it when I was in high school. Um, we just started reading about guys going catfishing through the ice and it's like well let's try this and of course the first couple of times we went out there we had very minimal success but um the few we did catch we we thought was pretty pretty cool so we've we've been doing it ever since it's just it's one of those bites that 
once you do it, you want to keep doing it because they, they're just a blast to catch through the ice. And it's different, you know. It, it isn't even so much about the fight or the way they bite. It's just, it's different. You know, everybody catches walleyes. Everybody catches panfish through the ice. But when you pull up that first catfish, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just caught this? <laughs> now, it's, now, it's fun. now, in my mind, I think of a catfish <laughs> as such a warm water fish. And I think in the winter, you know, that they would just be lethargic and like in the deepest spot in the lake. Uh, you know, when, when these catfish are coming through on, especially on that fishing uh, or fish addictions video, I mean, you guys were really catching them. Is it schools that come through? I mean, are they really active? Uh, you know, what, what are they like in the winter? So I would compare a catfish bite to a, a very light walleye bite. Um, they don't, they rarely come up and smash it. Um, most of the time you have to just let your bait sit there and they'll come up and just grab it and your rod will just slowly load. Um, jigging does not work very often. Um, but usually, yes, these fish are in, in large schools or they're in an area that has a whole bunch of small schools roaming around. They're not usually onesie twosies. Um, so once you find an area that they're roaming around, you can pretty much just sit there and wait for them to come back. Um, but I guess it depends. So, so the area that we were fishing in the show was actually a, a pretty shallow flat. We were fishing anywhere from uh, eight feet of water to 18, 20 feet of water. And those fish were just hugging bottom, roaming around. But you can actually find huge schools of them out in the basins. The problem with that is they don't stop moving. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, I started using pan optics this last uh, year or so. And that has made it so much easier to stay on top of those fish. But by the time you drill holes on top of those fish, half the time they're gone. So I try to target the fish that are just roaming on the mud on the bottom because they don't seem to just cruise randomly. You know, they're kind of working an area. You just like minnows? Like, yep. So they, I use a spoon. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll use like an eighth ounce spoon, but I'll put a bigger hook on them. Uh, most of the hooks that they come with are pretty thin wire and you just break them off because the yeah. catfish have such a tough mouth. Um, trying to get them out, you just break them off. So I'll throw a little bit bigger treble hook. I'll take a fat head and I'll cut the fat head in half and uh, maybe even two. And then I'll put all four pieces on there. Oh, cool. So you're just big old chunk of meat hanging down there. Right. That, I mean, that's what you would think of when you think of <laughs> right, catfish. Right, right. So. Yep. Now, um, some guys like to use liver. I don't. Every time I touch liver, I get sick. So I don't, <laughs> I don't mess with liver. Now, now you do catfish, you do crappies, you do walleyes. But uh, the thing that really put you on uh, me and Matt's radar is uh, some pictures of you catching some giant smallmouth with Thane Jensen. And yep. uh, now you do a lot of guiding for the smallmouth out on Mille Lacs? I do. Um, that is my, if I had to pick one fish to fish the rest of my life in freshwater anyways, it'd be smallmouth. Oh, that makes three of us. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. They're just, they're uh, pound for pound. I mean, they just fight the way they bite. It, it, I mean, it's so interesting to me how a fish that can fight that hard can be so finicky. Right. You know, ev everybody talks about walleyes being finicky. And then they go smallmouth fishing on Mille Lacs, and they realize that walleye fishing is way easier out there than smallmouth fishing. And that's what's fun to me, um, going and figuring them out and trying to get them to bite. Now, you do a lot of drop shotting or, or different, um, all different stuff? Honestly, if I if I could pick one bait, uh, it'd be a Ned Rig. It's it's just it's the bait that works that you don't do anything with. Right. Throw it out there, let it lay on the bottom, pick it up. If there's nothing there, move it a little bit, reel it up, recast. 
Um, cool. it, it just works all the time, all temperatures of water, early season, late season, deep, shallow, it doesn't matter. It just works. You do any bass tournaments? Um, I did when I was younger, um, but the tournaments don't really interest me as much anymore. To me, I love taking out new people, people that want to learn, people that want to you know, catch a new species. Um, that's my passion. I absolutely love to teach, and I'll do that all day long over, over tournaments. Has, has it become more pressured up there on Mille Lacs the last few years with the popularity of Lake Mille Lacs through bass and all that, all those organizations? Absolutely. I would say three years ago, before the Elite Series uh, did their Angler of the Year cha- uh, tournament out there, smallmouth were pretty easy. You know, you could go to just about any rock pile, any rock bar, and chuck a tube around and catch something. Um, you know, now it's everybody has side imaging. Everybody knows how to use it. So there really isn't many secrets anymore. So it's really gotten a lot tougher. You really got to slow down, use smaller baits. Um, like I said, I, I used to just go out and throw a quarter ounce tube jig and you catch smallmouth all day long. Now in the last two years, I can probably count on my hands and toes how many fish I've caught on a tube jig. Yeah. So it's, it's really changed a lot. What's your biggest smallmouth ever? You know, I would say just shy of 22 inches and I six and a half pounds i don't i i'm really bad about measuring and weighing fish i take a picture of it and i'm like oh cool throw it back and everybody's like how much did it weigh i don't know i want to catch the next one <laughs> right yeah i gotta get the next cast out <laughs> right I'm, I'm more worried about that next bite because that next bite might be bigger right you, you, but I, I would guess six and a half no that, that that's there's nothing wrong with that so you no ever, no not at all you ever tangle into any of the big muskies out there I've never caught a muskie on Mille Lacs. Wow. Which is weird because, you know, there's a lot of them out there. Right. Uh, I've caught more on Leech Lake jigging a shiner (laughs) than I've ever caught on anything else. Yeah. Well, what's the outlook uh, on Mille Lacs uh, for this winter? You know, uh, the ice is actually, surprisingly, with all the snow we've had, it's it's starting pretty good. Um, I think the the high winds when we had all that snow really helped. Most of the lake has blown off, so I, I couldn't even tell you how much ice is out there right now other than in the bays. I would guess probably two to three inches, so over the next week, week and a half, um, I would say there's going to be a lot of people out there, not this coming weekend, but the following, and fishing should be really good. It was a really good uh, really good season. There's a lot of fish out there. Um, there's really no reason. It shouldn't be another great season, so I, I'm really excited for it. That's that's my my favorite lake to fish. I just I love it, even with all the controversy and all the politics. It's just a fun lake. Yeah, it's st- you. You still want to just go out there and fish. I think sometimes people get caught up in all that stuff and forget that the fishing still is good and go. Right. Yep. And now, obviously, there's tough days. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have tough days, but there's not many lakes you can go to and consistently catch, you know, twenty to sixty walleyes a day all season long right you know um obviously through the ice it it can be tougher um especially once the ice castles get out that's kind of the it gets pretty tough out there because there will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fish houses out there um so you basically got to go out there with your gps and start pointing your your machine to find a flat that doesn't have uh, fish houses on it (laughs) right um 
Now, here in the last uh, few weeks, you've actually been guiding uh, up on Red Lake, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, I uh, I did a, a handful of trips up on Red because, um, you know, obviously we don't really have much for ice in central Minnesota. And everybody likes catching Red Lake walleyes. You know, they're, they're fairly easy to catch. They're good eating size. You catch a lot of 16 to 20-inch fish. Um, and it, it's been a really good bite. Um, a lot of fish being caught. The ice is... I don't want to say it's great. It's, it's, it's getting pretty good. There, there was still a big crack opened until a few days ago, which has since healed up. And I would say in the next week, um, I would say they're probably going to start letting houses out. So people are, people are really getting amped up about that. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much done with red for the season just because now we're getting ice around home. But, um, for those, for the people that want to travel and, and, uh, go up and catch some, some fish, I would highly recommend going up there. Um, there's a lot of great, uh outfitters out there um letting people on you know i i, I was going out of morts uh on the south end of the lake great people they got bait they got tackle um you know the biggest thing is when you go to these lakes always stop in use somebody's road and get the information because they're going to tell you what the ice conditions are like they're going to tell you what the bite is like um and give you a map of where not to go because that's the biggest thing out there there's always cracks there's always bridges and you always get somebody that drives around aimlessly and ends up putting their vehicle or their four-wheeler in. Um, and then they want to blame everybody else for it because they didn't listen. So just, just make sure you go out there, um, ask questions and, uh, have a good time because there's plenty of fish to be had and there's plenty of safe ice as long as you, uh, uh, abide by their guidelines, I guess. Right. Now, Matt, do you do much fishing outside of the state of Minnesota? Uh, yeah, actually I would say, so basically starting the end of February or beginning of March, I start fishing, uh, the rainy river or green Bay, all the, uh, uh, tributaries on the West side of green Bay. This is just fishing for fun. I don't guide out there at all, but that's kind of my, my fun time. You know, I go out and I catch my big pre-spawn walleyes. I fish the river, uh, the Mississippi river down in Southern Minnesota pools two through four. That's my absolute favorite time of year to catch walleyes because you can catch a, 28 inch fish that weighs over 10 pounds wow um, that's that's pretty cool now you did a video with uh mav uh youtube video uh up on the rainy didn't you yeah yeah we did a couple with mav actually that was uh that was a fun that was a fun shoot mav's a good dude yeah i i, I don't know i i get way into them youtube anglers uh Sobe and mav and and yep. murray and i i watch yep. all those dudes every single video <laughs> yep and and the nice thing is is they're they're good people you know, right. um, I don't know if you've ever met them, but Sobe, Mav, and Murray are probably some of the the nicest guys you'll ever meet. They love when people come and talk to them. You know, you get some people that they almost seem kind of standoffish, but they're very welcoming. I mean, if you see them somewhere, go say hi to them. Tell them you like their stuff. We they actually we actually had Sobe on here a few weeks ago. Yep. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he was, he was he was a lot of fun, and yeah, just yeah. a way cool dude. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Uh, they're they're. Uh, they're definitely doing something unique that's really uh really taken off in the last few years they're doing a good it's so cool that they're fishing the same lakes we're all fishing you know what i mean exactly i mean they're not they're not driving you know into canada to go do these videos i mean they might on some but for the most part they're just like you and i going out and catching fish fishing pressured waters and having fun right yeah that's the big thing is to have fun right what do you do for fun outside of fishing? I go fishing. 
um, when I'm not when I'm not guiding, I'm out fishing for fun. I mean, that's 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 it. I don't. To me, that's life. Um, if I couldn't fish, I don't know what I'd do. I I, I want to fish every day. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we're for that. <laughs> yeah, right, right, absolutely. So, well, Matt, before we let you go, uh, if uh, anybody listening uh, is curious about uh, how to get a trip booked with you, uh, you got a number, do you got a social media, a website, uh, what do you got? Yep, so uh, my number is 320-260-5494. Um, shoot me a text, give me a call, leave a message. Otherwise, check me out on Facebook, MK Fishing Guide Service. Feel free to, um, you know, give me a like and, and send me a message. If you got any questions, uh, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll tag you in the video uh, when we post it on uh, Facebook. So, uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to sit and chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Yep. Thank you. See ya. There he goes, Matt Klug of MK Guide Service up in, well, yeah, we'll, we'll call it Mille Lacs. Yeah, right in that St. Cloud area. Kind of an on-location guy. Uh, yeah, that, you know, that was cool. That, that's something that I've never thought about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really neat to hear him talk about how he has people that want him to come to the lake that they live on and help them kind of break it down and figure it out a little bit more. A lot of people don't think about that when you live on a lake or fish on a lake like that, that there is a learning curve. Just because you live on it doesn't mean you are an expert at that lake, and to have somebody come in that might know and probably does know more than you to help you do it, it's going to make you that much more of a better angler. And right, and and, and just because you're out there catching some fish doesn't mean that you can't be catching more fish right you know or bigger ones or you know okay yeah i can come over i know i can go over here and catch you know six seven inch bluegills all day long but it's like man i want to catch some bigger ones what do i got to do to catch bigger ones well okay this is what you got to look for and you know this type of structure let's start from here and then pretty soon you start to kind of maybe look at a lake map and be like man this this stuff is pretty similar to this stuff over here so let's go over there and fish it next thing you know all of a sudden it's like hmm i'm kind of figuring this thing out a little bit right right and you know like people that uh you know understand how to jig but don't exactly understand how to troll you know how fast am i supposed to be going you know how how far back am i supposed to be letting this bait back there you know it's all stuff that yeah a a guy like matt or, or or a lot of these guys can really help you out with they're gonna take the time to really show you i mean like like he said he kind of gets his kicks off of you know teaching new people how to fish exactly right and uh i mean that's what that's what it's all about and he wants people to get out there and experience it and it's always fun to do that i'll tell you what i want to experience and that's a big Malax smallie that's for sure we gotta go up there we gotta get up there We've, we sit here and drool over those pictures all the time, and just sometimes we just need to bite the bullet and go and do it. Yeah, he's got a picture on his Facebook page, which, if, if you're listening to this, you got to go and check it out. He's got a picture of this smallmouth bass. This thing has a belly on it, like, bigger than my belly after <laughs> Thanksgiving. That's how big that thing was. <laughs> I'm <laughs> telling you. They, they call that the Scott Sturman special after the buffet, Yeah, huh? like, literally six pounds of mashed potato, corn, and turkey. <laughs> All into one. Yep. Oh, man. No, you, you got to go and check it out. He, he 
he catches a wide variety of fish, you know, kind of like he said, you know, I mean, one day he'll be on crappie, the next day he'll be on a smallmouth bite, and he'll throw in some walleyes. He's just kind of all over the place, and I love it. Yeah, he loves fishing, and that's what it's all about, a guy that lives and breathes it. I mean, why not go out there? And somebody you're going to have a great time with. Right, right. He, I mean, he seemed like a heck of a lot of fun, you know, talking with him over the phone. I'm sure getting in a boat with him would be a riot. Yeah, or out there on the ice or anything like that. Yeah, it's got to be a good time. Right. Well, speaking of them giant smallmouth, how about giant news in the national fishing scene? Still uh, with Gerald Swindle and Brandon Polinick switching over to the Bassmaster Elites from MLF. Yeah, more stuff is coming out. They're starting to do some more interviews and answer questions. I mean... We both talked about it today. Uh, Gerald Swindle did an interview on Bass Talk Live, and man, just to listen to him and the passion in that guy's voice and what fishing means to him, it's just nuts. It's just crazy. I texted you today. I was like, Pert near crying listening to him because he was crying or Pert near crying. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just crazy that, that a sport like fishing. You know, I'm not a Bassmaster angler, but, like, I mean, it just consumes me. And, like, I, I'm, I'm about crying listening to this dude about cry. Just, I mean, it, it was raw I'm not emotion. Crying, you're crying. Yeah, that's right. No, just raw emotion, you know. I mean, like, this is, it, it, it's bigger than fishing, though, with him, you know. He was talking about losing friends. I mean, you know. And, and, and I was really pumped to hear that, like, some of the anglers who I, I do like on the MLF side, I won't follow them on Facebook, but... I, I do like them that they did reach out to yep. him and say, Hey man, we're still brothers. We're still friends. And you know, well, I, th- I found it interesting. Like when he was talking about his decision to go back to bass and like talking about how miserable he was, right? Like at um, and MLF and his wife finally was like, dude, I mean, in the nicest terms possible, you're a jerk right now. You know, you're an a-hole and I don't like you like this. You know, you, you're not this. So you got to make a change. And I think we've all been there in, in those places in our life. That right. It's just like you get caught up. It's like, I have to do this. This is who I am. And it's just not like something like that. With, that wasn't the format that he is comfortable with or what what defines him. And it was just making him miserable, which in turn just kind of started you know, reaching out to the people around him. And it, it took a lot of, you know, to sit down and soul searching for him to, you know, and a lot of sacrifices, $50,000 worth of sacrifice 50, to leave MLF. Like, I mean, anyone who's listening to this that's listened to more than a few of our episodes know that uh, me and Matt are, are Bassmaster guys. We personally do not care a whole lot for the MLF. But, I, I mean, think about that. This dude paid $50,000 to leave what's supposed to be the best fishing league in bass fishing like i don't know man it it, some it ain't good over there no well and you know you you look at it compared to like other big sporting type deals you don't see a lot of people as far as contracts going like professional football saying you know what i don't want to be on this team anymore i'm going to give back fifty thousand dollars to go play for the cfl right (laughs) no that's literally never happened (laughs) it's just it's just kind of crazy it's big news. Like I said, I haven't got to listen to the Polinick interview. I don't know if you have. But. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, uh, this this Gerald Swindle episode today, 
I'll guarantee you it was not on Google Play for more than three minutes before <laughs> I had it. Like, I mean, I kept going back and refreshing, kept going back and refreshing, and finally it's like, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know who Gerald Swindle is, you need to go and just YouTube him, go to his social media and look him up. The dude should, if he's not, if, if he wasn't a fisherman, he'd have to be a comedian because he is the funniest guy. I mean, even when he's in his raw emotional state like that where he's almost breaking down crying, it's not more than like two minutes later, all of a sudden he's like cracking a joke about with, uh, was it Matt? Yeah, Craig Matt Pangrack. On there about, you know, like his analogy, his analogy of like when he was over there and at first it seemed like it was a great idea. Like after you're six beers in when you're in college at the bar and all of a sudden the next morning you wake up to that lady next to you and you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what his equivalent was to that. So I, it was a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah, no, he's definitely the biggest personality I would say in, in fishing. And yeah, he was a riot to listen to. Uh, Polinick talked about how he, uh, he was in a, at a deer hunt in Ohio and, uh, he was thinking about, you know, what he should do, what he should do. And he forgot his cell phone. And, and I don't know if it was a guided trip or whatever, but it was an all day set. He was in the tree stand literally from sun up to sundown, no cell phone, no nothing, just a man and his thoughts. Right. And he said he said it was like the most stress relieving sit he's ever been on, just you know, just a man and his thoughts and, and he figured it out and he knew like, hey, this is this is what I gotta do. And right. you know, if you're not happy then Right. And some guys and they both talked about it how their style of fishing, you know, fits better into a five biggest fish type tournament compared to a numbers game you know so it's just like when a quarterback so to say you know we talk about football a lot on here a quarterback goes to a team that is all about running the football right and they're all about throwing so it's just kind of like okay or vice versa they're a running quarterback and they go to a system that they just want to throw 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 and everybody's like oh this quarterback isn't very good he doesn't know he just doesn't fit into the system very well you know right and you know swindle said it best like catching five big fish is in a is in a human's dna you know he talked about like back when the native americans would go out you know whoever the guy was that shot the buffalo would bring the buffalo back to the village he's the man for the day you know i mean and and he said you know whoever brings back the big bass or you know brings back the big bag he's the man for the day you know you go out there any time that somebody who catches 31 pounders and beats a guy who catches five five pounders yeah like Come it's on, like, guys! Right. Like that ain't how that ain't how it works. Like that, that <laughs> well, just ain't. Well, you know, that'd be like bluegill fishing. Little kid sits on the dock and he catches fifty little, you know, little six-inch bluegills all day long. And you go out there and you come back and you're like, I caught, you know, today. I don't have any pictures of them. I don't have any proof because I let them all go. But I caught five ten-inch bluegills today. People are gonna be like, Yeah, but this kid sat on the da- dock all day and he caught sixty bluegills. Right. He's better than you are. Yep, that, that's what <laughs> it's like, it is. like, well, you know what? He is, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you, well, you got to show them. You got to show people. Like, you know, you got to get the fans involved, the the intensity. Like, I think back uh, when, when I won that club tournament this year. I mean, if I would have known the second that, you know, we were done fishing, like, oh, yeah, you won. Yeah, granted, I mean, me and you were going to high five. You know, I'd have been right. pumped, whatever. But like when we got back to the parking lot and we're doing the weigh-in and it's like, you know, 
geez, how many other guys got away in? You know, like you, you do that. I mean, you're, I knew I had nervous. A, I knew I had a respectable bag, but I mean, it's like, it's is, like is this actually going to happen? You're I like, mean, you're like, oh, okay, oh well, you're just waiting for that next guy to come up with that mega sack, and you're just like, oh, oh no, oh, oh, it's what? all done. Right. Oh, okay, that's yeah. it. I mean, I mean, but like, what's going through your mind? I mean, you're like up and down. It's like a roller coaster. It's just like all over the place. And he and Gerald talked about that about the blast offs in the morning, the takeoffs and the fans, you know, and just how much it, he missed all that because it wasn't there in right. the MLF. And he also talked about, you know, they couldn't share any information with each other. So like you get to the campground at night and you got that camaraderie about, you know, I've been really getting after them. You know, it seems like they're like this week, this is the type of bite that we're on and all this stuff. Obviously they don't share all their secrets, but you're still talking fishing. They couldn't even freaking talk fishing. Yeah. I mean, so here you got a bunch of professional fishermen sitting around, which all they love and basically love doing is fishing. Now you can't talk about it. So now you got to talk about something else that you might not enjoy. That's some nice red ketchup you got on your hot dog. Wow. I, uh, grilling's awesome. Good potatoes, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. I want that burger. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Did I tell you about them good potatoes? <laughs> no. So, yeah, that, you know, the big news, like you said, we're big bass nuts, and it, it it's always going to come back to that. During the offseason, a lot of things are happening, and it's just like any type of sports during the offseason. Right. You know, ESPN doesn't just stop their football stuff or basketball stuff because it's not seasons. So. Right. Well, normally the news is not this big in the offseason. Right. I mean, you know, like Aaron Martins just switches from Enigma Fishing over to G. Loomis. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been the big news of the offseason, and well, then all of a sudden you got this. I mean, that right. is big news. And, well, and the, big, the big news, too, of with Gerald Swindle is that he switched from Triton Boats over to Phoenix Boats, and nobody really has talked about that. Well, he was talking about, right, yeah, for like 20 years or something like that. He was talking about how good the live wells were on the (laughs) Phoenix Boats. And did you know that he's actually got a sponsorship from a live well additive Oh, yeah, from TH Marine, the (laughs) G-Juice. I love what he said about when he had all those bottles of it. So when he was driving down lacrosse this year, he just opened them up and poured them into the river, poured them out there. Oh, gosh. So, I mean, you could just tell, like, you know, him talking about traveling with his nephew during the Opens this last year and how much fun he it was to be doing that stuff. And, right. you know, obviously it's awesome to have him back. And it's not going to be long and there's going to be more guys. You know, in MLF, they picked up a couple of great fishermen, too. Yeah. So, I mean, Brian Thrift is... Right, quite possibly top top two or three right. uh, biggest so, fishermen in the... So, it's just yeah, cool. that is what it is. It's just cool, you know, being able to all that stuff. It's talking about fishing i mean here we are talking about tournament fishing and stuff like that well especially for us because we're kind of in limbo here like right. you know it's too cold and you know we're you know you get a touch of ice the every morning the river's got ice chunks you know floating down it so you can't really be getting out there and open water fishing but you know we, we still don't have ice but uh yeah with ice so we got to pass the time by building shacks that's right pass the time by building shacks i uh, you know, we we got together last night, me, Matt, uh, Ramrod, uh, put together my shack, uh, did a couple small repairs on Ramrods, but uh, yeah, like I said here a few episodes ago, I got a new Clam Nanook XL Thermal and uh, put that bugger together, 
and I can tell you for free, the thermal works. <laughs> you were kind of sweating. Holy in there. moly! Like I just got a flannel on in there, and it's like, oh my gosh, guys! Like I feel like I'm in a sauna. <laughs> no, that was that was warm, but and uh, there's a, a lot of really cool deals on that shack. Uh, it, it's got a. Uh, uh, a screen up on the uh, ceiling, you know, that I can tuck some, uh, you know, gloves up in there and let them dry out, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about that. Uh, the seats do remove, which they do in a lot of shacks. I, I understand that, but I'm kind of pumped up about that. Uh, you know, if I, if I want to do something different, you know, take right. along a little bit more stuff, whatever, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's got. Uh, I, I've got the old Nanook, uh, non-thermal, and I love the lightweight capabilities of it and whatnot. But I'm kind of pumped up to jump up to the thermal and and you know on the cold days still be protected. Right, and you're gonna like uh, you're gonna love that thermal having a thermal shack myself. It does make a big difference. I mean, not having to run the heater on high constantly and stuff like that, and being able to go without the heater longer. So, kind of keeps the holes open a little bit and uh you know blocks helps block the wind which is always a big thing around here <laughs> that's for sure but yeah it was it was cool that was actually to tell you the truth that's the first one i've ever put together help put together oh really yeah so that was kind of nice going through that process actually well, you I, had a couple saves too right and i actually talked to emily about it and she's like she's like you gotta put it what do you mean you gotta put it together it doesn't come all assembled already and stuff like that it's like well some places you know some a lot of bait shops when you buy them they come pre-assembled and stuff like yep. that which is awesome but you know sometimes you got to buy that stuff and you got to put it together from the ground up and come sometimes it's kind of fun knowing that you're the one that did that and like you said you were putting it together and i was you and dusty had already started and i got down there and i just had to point out the things that ramsey did wrong so stripped out a couple of my bolts <laughs> and uh put put the uh I don't know, the rods, we'll call them, on backwards. Uh, typical ramrod stuff. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected anything less out of him. So, <laughs> ah, we're just kidding. We we actually still like that dude. But, <laughs> so. No, it's, like you said, it's getting closer and closer every day. And then pretty soon, next thing we know, we're going to be talking about how thick the ice is. And it's, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, in the next week or two we are going to be actually talking about fishing on this podcast yeah. like us fishing giving so, you some reports and how yeah. it's going uh that's pretty cool picture you got the other day about we got a couple of them now about people using the hub style shacks yeah. for different things in fishing you know last year we got the one of the bank in town here when they're working on the atm they had yep. the hub shack yep. over top of it Got one sent in from Austin Van Vorst. Hey, Austin Van Vorst and Dan T. Uh, yeah. They, I, I think, doing some utility work, underground right. work. If I was working out there, there's no doubt in my mind, I'd it's be a, doing the same dang thing. Right. It's a great idea with these. It gets you out of the wind, and it keeps you warm if you got a little heater going in there while you're working. I mean, I bet you they never thought that that's what they are going to get used for when they set out to make them. But nope. people are using them for that. Yeah. I, I actually got a couple uh, messages over this week. Uh some dudes interested in fantasy fishing already. Awesome. And I think it's only like 64 days away his first tournament. Right. Yeah, so. uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Also, you got the, the cups in. Yep, we got the cups the in. So if anybody's interested in uh, some of them uh, tumblers, they're they're pretty cool. They're kind of a... Almost makes me want to start drinking coffee. You don't drink coffee? I don't drink coffee. Never have. Never acquired the taste for it. I don't mind the smell of it, but... <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Just not I'm not I'm not a hot like person like when I if I get hot chocolate it's like I got to let it sit for a half an hour before oh, me I too. drink me it. Too. It's like I, it's like I take a sip of it and it's like psst, and if it burns I'm like, "Oh man, I'm done. I can't no, drink that." No, my hot grandpa stuff. can drink boiling hot coffee. Right. I I I got to pour I'll do like a little over half of hot coffee and then I put water in it. I love strong coffee, but I can drink cold coffee. I I gladly put my mug, you know, up right. on a table and come back 4 hours later and I guess I did used to drink those the the gas station like frappuccinos well like that stuff that yeah cappuccinos that you get out of the machines and stuff like that back in the day but then i just i didn't feel very tough well, i was gonna that. say did you walk in there in your Ugg a, boots and, and <laughs> yes. yoga pants and you can't even <laughs> i can't believe i one time okay yeah one time. did it one time and you won't ever let me live it down i ain't gonna so <laughs> all righty with that Episode 51 is over. We will see you next week for the 52nd installation of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman. I was with Matt Deitch. See y'all next week. Later.